and welcome to Irresponsibly Powerless, a comic book discussion show, where we'll be talking about the books that came out this week, along with anything else that comes up along the way. We're going to be your hosts. My name is Eric. And my name is Nick. Um, I'm going to apologize straight up. Uh, I blew my voice out rocket. No, uh, I actually have a horrible, horrible, horrible cold. So, but I am hanging in there and I will not miss a podcast. Nick's so. a champ. So... I am. I am fully a champ, a champion of podcasting. <laughs> but uh, but yes, if my if my voice tends to fluctuate or just go the hell out during the episode, you're gonna have to forgive me. I'll try to make my funniest stuff audible. <laughs> Save your voice for the really funny moments. Yeah. Don't ruin it. I'll just. So uh, <laughs> after the uh, the Christmas season was over, I was lucky enough to have. A Barnes Noble gift certificate. My mama redeemed her points off her credit card or whatever. It's just like, here's $25 gift certificates. Throwing them around. We throw money around in my family. <laughs> like it ain't no Everyone thing. has to one-up each other. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it means financial ruin. <laughs> Fuck we you will have the car. perfect Christmas gift. <laughs> How did you afford this? I can't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so <laughs> anyways, I, um, I, I ran over to Barnes and Noble and was perusing their graphic novel section Oh, and I picked up a trade of a book that I've been actually waiting for the, the trade for, for a while. Now DC sucks when it comes to trades. I want to just put that out there because it takes forever for DC trades to come out. Like really? Yeah, I mean, what I got was I I got a the first uh, edition of or the the first collection of the Spirit that came out. I mean, it's 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 got to be on Spirit on issue you know it's twenty. I would think so. It's got to be at least you know somewhere in its double digit issues. And this is issues one through six uh, with the the Spirit meets Bat or this Batman Spirit special along with it. So I mean, you know. You would think they'd be able to put that out within like a few months of, of, of the issues finishing or whatever. But DC has this thing about not putting out trades like this. And this was a hardcover to boot. This isn't like the the oh. soft cover trade. This is the hardcover one. Gnarly. And one of the things about it is I, I thought it was really cool because it's got this uh, cover dressing where it's uh, it's got a, a picture of the spirit like crawling out of a manhole cover. And uh, over it, the cover, it, the actual cover for the, the book cover, is uh, this blue-colored sort of thing where it's got a cutout of the word spirit on the front, uh -huh. so you can see through to the actual cover of the book. And I was like, oh, man, this is such an awesome cover. I'm going to try to hold on to this hardcover. It's, it's going to be you know worthwhile in the end. And, and then I got home, and I immediately tore like one of the letters off of there. So it's apparently the most impractical <laughs> covers as well. That was the whole point of that story. To illustrate how clumsy you are. Yeah, exactly. These bare paws of mine. <laughs> I can't turn the pages. <laughs> but uh, you picked up a few spirit issues, didn't you, Nick? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, uh, over the summer, I read I read a few, and, and they were enjoyable. Um I don't know. It wasn't really enough so for me to keep reading. Um, yeah. I don't know why exactly. Um, it was just uh, it was an it's a different kind of comic. It's a little slower paced and uh, 
a little more subterfuge and a little little less action. I feel. Um, yeah, and it's definitely got a lot, a little bit of a a campier. Well, not a little bit. It's definitely a lot campy. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of little jokes that they try to make here and there. And I don't know. It's a little old timey too. So yeah, um, it's it's got a good feel of the of mix of the the old men there, which is yeah. I don't I think, know. It might I not think, be some people's cup of tea. I th- yeah, I think it's just yeah. I think that you hit it right in the head there. I think it's just for some people and not for others. I don't know. You just got to read it a little bit and to to figure out if it's for you or not. Yeah. So what do you think? How were the first uh, six? Well, I um I actually read the the first couple of them. I I never bought the comics because I was specifically waiting for the trade for this one. Uh-huh. Uh, but I really liked it. It's uh it's written and drawn by Darwin Cook. Who's the guy who did DC's New Frontier, and that's a really awesome, absolute edition that I really want to pick up, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. But uh, he's got a cool sort of art style that that goes along with the the campy, old fashioned sort of feel to the book. And each issue is pretty much like a one and done sort of thing. Each one is is just a self contained story, but somehow they kind of start to link together. Like you can tell that it's in okay. an ongoing sort of universe. But I don't know. It's it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun, and you know, it's it's quirky in its own little way. And in case you didn't know, the spirit is actually uh, a character that was created by Will Eisner. Um, yes, of course. And this is a revival of that character, so that's why it's kind of got that uh, old-fashioned feel because it's intentionally done. Right. 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 It is printed very nicely. I'm gonna say from the from the from the monthly issues are are high quality prints. Um, they're mm-hmm. Just your standard, uh, your standard for, for fare. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's the same way for these as well. And I I don't know. It's he, he's a good storyteller as well. I mean, you know, some of the issues I I liked a little bit more than others, but overall they're they're all really good. I mean, I I particularly liked. I think my favorite one was this one called uh, Almost Blue. And it was a really bizarre sort of storyline where there's like a, a meteor that lands on Earth, and the spirit actually barely features into it. But um, it's this mopey guy who refuses to like write music, and he he's this angsty, angry kid. And then he like sits underneath this this meteor as it's raining, and it like drips some kind of blue stuff on him, and gives him this weird like euphoric high. And then, right. yeah, it it, it kind of goes off. high off meteors. Oh, yeah. Hey, baby, you want to smoke some meteors? Snort it right off the cracking, burning crater. <laughs> so awful. I don't know. It's it, There are a lot of really cool sorts of things in here. And they, each, each story is also very different from the one that's before it, you know. Like, it, there's an origin story about the spirit, and it's really serious. You know, and and then right after it, immediately is this whole story about some guy who's like taking old Russian war rations of like baked beans and like putting the spirit's face on it to sell it. It's just just goofy little things like that. I don't know. It's 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 fun and it shows a lot of a lot of breath to to his style. So highly recommended although i would say wait for the the soft cover trade if it ever comes out I don't know, but. <laughs> well 
because Eric had to go and buy a trade, I had to go uh, figure out something to to read too. Um, Always a following. Thanks a lot, Eric. <laughs> Some of us aren't big men with our fucking gift, gift cards. certificates. <laughs> big. <laughs> oh, whatever. Um. Anyway, I actually picked picked up um. Astonishing X-Men, the, the first run, um, the first 15 issues, I think it's the first two trades, by Joss Whedon. And, um, I mean, I'm I'm an X-Men fan, and I've read a lot of X-Men, but I don't, I haven't read a lot of X-Men recently, to be, to be perfectly honest, because uh, for a long time there, it was just completely off the rails crazy, and I couldn't keep up with all the, all the various mutants, and, and I kind of gave up on it, so... <clears throat> I wanted to go back and uh, and pick this up just to kind of because I heard it was really good, honestly. And um, also, Whedon is such a you know he he's become such a figure in both you know sci-fi and comic um, circles. <clears throat> I know he was responsible for the whole Firefly phenomenon, and and he's got a lot of of, of fame through that. But um, as someone who <clears throat> who really isn't. I, I mean, I went and saw Serenity, but I, I, I never see, I've never seen the episode of Firefly, and I'm not really into that that part of his uh, his scene. I wanted to see what kind of chops he had in the comic world because I heard he was a good comic writer, and you know. <clears throat> so I read the first 15 issues, and it's 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 really two main arcs, um, but the the main issue being uh, the whole danger arc, which is this whole this whole arc dealing with the danger room and how uh, apparently the danger room is based off Shi'ar empire technology and be- either becomes sentient or was always or was sentient, sentient in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you're not really sure a hundred percent, but, uh, but yeah, I guess professor X kind of suppresses the, the intelligence as soon as it becomes aware he just kind of like shuts it down and and puts it in a corner or something, so he can keep using it as the danger room to fight and train his uh, his X Men, and and then I guess all shit breaks loose when Professor X goes on holiday or something, <laughs> and um and and of course it, it comes alive and all sorts of madness, um but overall I'm gonna say I I did enjoy the issues um I really liked his take on um. The characters, especially like the, the way they reacted to each other. This is right after Jean Grey died, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of issues between. And Scott is dating um, Emma Frost. Uh, yeah, Emma Frost. So, thanks. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of issues between both both of those. Emma's like really jealous of Jean, and 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 Scott really is kind of still defensive of her. And then of course Wolverine is all up in everyone's face about it. <laughs> Um, so there's some cool, there's some cool interaction between, um, Scott and Wolverine and then the same with Kitty Pride and Emma who also don't trust each other and Kitty Pride and Colossus comes back. So it, it, I like those parts more than anything is, is, is the interaction between characters, which is really, I feel the hallmark of a really good writer is to be able to write characters well and yeah. write them believably. And I, feel I mean, they Joss, Joss, Joss Whedon. That's that's what everybody says his main strength is. is that he's able to to capture the dialogue and the character, and uh, yeah. just kind of be able to to really like tell 
I mean, like, in telling a good story, like, bring out all the qualities the characters have and test them, but then, you know, remain really true to it, so. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely like that part. I, so I definitely like that aspect, how they talked. Um, and I brought up some cool issues, but um, I gotta say, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy his uh, danger arc overall. I felt it got off the rails at some point, and mm-hmm. and kind of like the danger room through a series of events takes like he captures all the young X Men yeah. and has them has them kind of hold held hostage. I don't know. I just felt it really out of character for the for the danger room not to actually kill them at that point because, I mean, obviously for story reasons you didn't want him to kill them, but, yeah. but it just kind of inca- it kept incapacitating people, and the 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 reasoning behind that all kind of kind of fell through on me. And well, and I, there was this. I don't know. It was. I guess in in the the later story, like the, the it's it's still kind of all linked together. And- uh, uh, Whedon's still writing the... Well, it, there's only one more issue that he's doing. But uh, they find out later on that the the danger character or whatever that, that comes out never got over its parent programming. And so it was never actually able to kill any of the X-Men. It, like, tried really uh, hard. It, it tried to, to get people that could kill him to, like, work for it. But then, in the end, it's just like, ah, oh, fuck. And that uh, goes off into a whole other thing. Well, anyway, as far as this art goes, I was uh, I was wishy-washy on that aspect of it, but mm-hmm. overall, I felt it was very well written. I loved the art. Um, I felt it was really well done in that respect. Oh um, yeah, that's uh, Cassidy. Yeah, that- I read. Yeah, I read the first fifteen issues, and they were good. They were good, and, and he deserves whatever you know kudos he's getting as far as that as far as that goes. Yeah. Are you reading the Runaways that he's doing? I forget. No, I, I I'm behind on the Runaways. I've been I usually pick up the trades every now and then and sit down with them at uh yeah at a Barnes and Noble and what have you and just kind of cheat read them. Yeah. But um but yeah I'm not really up on it recently so. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's really. been he's been lagging on those so it'll be a while before the trade comes out I guess. Yeah, but I I mean I'm interested in him now. I'm I'm really interested to see what else he's done. So I'm gonna go out there and kind of poke around and see. I'd be really interested to see some of his really early stuff. Um, All right. Well, this is uh, leading into our second installment of our oh. brand new uh, segment, Hit or Miss. Hit or Miss. Two. Hit or Miss. Amazing Spider-Man number five forty-six. Brand new day, number one. It starts here. Here it is. Now on sale three times a month. All right. Uh, Nick, hit or miss? I say definitely, definitely a hit. I loved virtually everything about this comic. I mean, despite how you feel about how they got to this point, it was, uh, I, I feel it's really back to its old kind of style and roots. And it's, it's, I'm interested again. I'm, I'm raring to go. What about you, man? Uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna go with a hit with the uh, with the main storyline in particular the uh, the backups I wasn't enamored with but they were backups so it wasn't a big deal. Um, yeah, I could see how the backups were weird. I don't yeah. even know. Honestly, I can't even tell why exactly they felt the need to put the backups in there. Well, they'd be the the three other writer artist teams. Like each one gives like a little preview yeah, but... of what they're gonna do. I don't know. It's these 
like I guess the Spider-Man, the new status quo was somewhat integral. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's it's interesting because they have such a they had such a, a a clean slate that they could really kind of do whatever they wanted, mm-hmm. you know. Because this event really, I mean, obviously it changed the timeline in some regards, but you're never really sure exactly what got changed. I mean, uh, like, because I'm personally kind of wondering, so, because Spider-Man's been missing for three months or whatever, I don't know, I don't know exactly how long, but he's been gone for Uh months. So that means he obviously didn't hang out with the the new Avengers, right? Like, he's he, he can't... But he's still probably going to be in that in that story arc, right? I'm, I'm kind of confused. I, so what I get from it is that uh, essentially Mephisto went back and just completely erased everything that happened from like Civil War on, like in Spider-Man, and like Spider-Man was still running yeah. around doing whatever he was doing with everybody else. But like all the amazing, spectacular web of whatever the fuck else they they were publishing at the time, they just completely erased all that. And then he was just not there. Yeah, he was just yeah. like sitting at home diddling himself or whatever. Well, see, I don't, I don't agree with that necessarily because I think, obviously, I think he had to do something during that time period. I think they're just never gonna let you know exactly. I mean, he's clearly a renegade still. Like he, he's not registered. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting in that regard if they if they do bring that back. Though I from from the tone of the story, I don't think they're going to be doing that. I think they're going to be sticking to Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, they're just going to keep on going. Only Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, and it's not they're not going to bring in these other heroes and and muck it up. You know, get it too complicated. I think they're going to keep it distilled for a while. So yeah, which is good. That's that's what it needs right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm totally down with it. It's just. It's interesting how they did it just because there have been such these big events recently and all these other stuff that it's it, it it's kind of weird to have to deal with all the repercussions like I imagine the next the next new Avengers will probably still have Spider-Man in it. I'm I'm I mean yeah, I'd be pretty sure apparently... of that, but uh, apparently that might have never happened, you know? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I guess if you think about it too hard, it's going to wreck it regardless, but... Uh, yeah, you just kind of have to move on with it. Just say whatever. Yeah. It's almost like Spider-Man's just doing his own thing in his own little universe here, but... Uh, but, uh, I mean... Anyway. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, though, as, as, yeah. as a Spider-Man I'd, fan. One of the highlights, I think, for me, besides... I mean, well, it, I guess the art needs to be mentioned one of the as one of the first things but steve mcnevin's doing this and it looks fucking awesome yeah it, it looks is so good. it is good but besides that uh the other half of his his team uh dan slot's writing this and dan slot was born to write spider-man as far as i can tell like he's got the voice down mm-hmm. one of the things that i really like about it it shows a definite contrast with uh mighty avengers is that they know how to uh, to use thought balloons very well in this? Like that's true. I, I was I was really happy with the way that they're using thought balloons and letting you know what's going on in Peter's mind. Yes, it was uh, it was a step above Mighty Avengers. Yeah, like there was there was no point where Spider Man was sitting there just going stupid, stupid. <laughs> why did I say that? Thumbs up from both of us for that for that issue. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, and the greatest thing about it is the next issue is next week. Yeah, yeah. You get, you get. I mean, I'm hoping that this this pace doesn't kill anyone on the writing team too, where they're just making up bullshit. But um, yeah. But I mean, you figure uh, you're no. you're on for a few weeks, and then you get a, a nice long time. Yeah, to, yeah. To build up. But yeah, I, and they're all professional writers. Like, I mean, no, none of these guys are are guys you've never heard of. So. Yeah. It's I I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great and fast and furious. So All right. Well then uh going into the uh the issues that came out this week. Um the first one for me is X Factor number 27, Messiah Complex chapter 11. Oh, good Big god. Surprise. You and your messiahs. <laughs> it's a weekly thing, my friend, just uh, like Amazing Spider-Man. It, it this um, is number 11. This is number 11 or 13. 13. So the next one's going to be huge. It seems like it's going too fast. I mean, I don't know. I'm not reading it, but uh, from what you're saying, it felt like, I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like it was pretty well paced. Um, People seem to to have complained about it uh, beforehand. Or, I mean, like last week, because they didn't have the big fight going on. Or they didn't have, like, the big conflict really set up yet. Yeah. but I, I feel like it was it was just a lot of like little twists and turns and like the major storyline and they were they were all like gonna draw together and culminate and what's gonna happen in the next issue, which is gonna be huge. But I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. So in this one, they've got uh, Jamie and uh, Layla talking to a child bishop in the future. And trying to figure out what happens. They finally figure out exactly what's going on. And uh, it's pretty much right after that point that Layla straps a grenade to him and (laughs) blows up Jamie so that his duplicate can go back to the main body and, like, give him back all of his information because apparently that's part of his power. Okay. So, like, when the duplicate dies, he gets all the information from that. Yeah. So, kind of like an earthworm. Yeah. Like, it devours its... (laughs) Yes, and learns. It's duplicate. I guess I, I don't know if that can be cannibalism. I mean, if it's you, you're eating Dude, yourself. I would totally eat myself to learn my own knowledge. Yeah, why not? But yeah, and um, and so they eventually latch on to the. They're trying to find the baby, but they can't quite find the baby. So they go on, go for the next best thing, and they latch on to Gambit, and they figure out where he's going. The X Men, and find out that he's headed over to Muir Island, which sounds to me like a perfect place to tie everything together. Of course. And uh, it's it's right after that point that, that the real Jamie wakes up in our current timeline. Um, and he knows everything that's going on. He's like, oh, fuck. I, I know that bishops are a traitor. And uh, Professor X's repairs cable. And pretty much everybody just starts heading out towards... Uh, Mirror Islands, where the Marauders are, along with one final little twist at the very end. Uh, Mr. Sinister gets a hold of the baby and is going to walk off and, and do some little tests or something on him. When Mr. Sinister turns the corner, and it turns out it's really Mystique in disguise, and then it shows uh, Mr. Sinister on the ground dead. <laughs> oh, good God. So everybody's heading over there. X-Force er, gets there first. And Wolverine already kills somebody. So 
<laughs> well done, Wolverine. Well done. Just like the airport attendant, or what? Like... Well, he, well, he he like <laughs> they like land on Mirror oh, Island, no. and he's like, it's too quiet. Like somebody's like trying to block my he's senses, and then he just stabs forward and ends up killing the person that's like blocking his senses. And then he's just like, <laughs> X Force, you know what to do. And they all run around, apparently, <laughs> just slaughtering all the marauders. <laughs> oh, this is what happens when Wolverine leads a team. Like, <laughs> you should know that this is exactly what's going to happen. Just fucking people getting killed left and right. But it's all leading up to next issue. Next issue is the big, the big throwdown. Fair enough. I, I look forward to it, sir. Oh, you look forward to my report? Yes, as always. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Punisher War Journal issue 15 came out this week. Um, Hunter Hunted Part 3, um, which, uh, and I'm, I'm really enjoying this comic. I don't, I, I don't know if listeners remember, but uh, I've I really enjoyed the first two uh, two sets of this this uh, this takeover, and, and this one was no exception. This one was another great, uh, just uh, crazy, essentially the scenario is... Um, Punisher is running around in the sewers with a bunch of crazy animal guys, animal-themed superheroes and villains, like, drugged out of their minds, and uh, Craven the Hunter's son chasing him down in this, like, maze of death. Um, and so, uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, of course, Punisher's just laying the laying the beat down on 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 guy after guy. But um, I have to say, there's this one single frame which might be my favorite frame of the of the week. Um, <clears throat> Punisher dispatches this uh, shark guy, and then he climbs up this little uh, this little ladder, and he he opens his latch, and he sees uh, a bull guy and a bear guy fighting. <laughs> And they're both just kind of running at each other, both like making the strange grrr sound at each other, like as they're running at each other. <laughs> and I don't know, it just looks so hysterical because it's it's a, it, I mean, it's a guy with horns is the bull guy, and then the bear guy is full on like dude in bear suit with his face coming out the bear mouth hole, and they're just like running at each other. I don't know. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, Brilliant. But uh, it, it, it was a good issue. I, I mean, Punisher's ridiculous. Punisher, like... Oh, also, Punisher punches the eye out of a fucking baboon man. Which punches is, oh, the eye out of him? Yes. He just punches what? him in the fucking eye, and his eye just pops the fuck out with, like, a liter of blood. And the, the, the baboon monkey guy is like runs off, like screaming because like, <laughs> wouldn't you if your fucking eye popped I, out? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> obviously, but obviously. the baboon man was obviously rational. Is, yes, yes. He, that's another great panel. Actually, him like he's got his hands up and like ah, like just fucking like looks so terrified with missing an eye. I mean, who could blame him? So, oh. Um, but Punisher, like, gets lit on fire and stung by a bunch of bees from this bee man. And then -man. fucking catches a machete in the goddamn neck. Just full uh -huh. on, just gets blasted. And I'm like, that would sit my ass down. Like, I mean, <laughs> uh, there's a reason I'm not the Punisher, but, like, that looked gnarly. Like, 
<laughs> but um, but yeah, he uh, yeah, everything. Of course, everything ends up for the for the best. But um, I guess Craven the Hunter has this like magic, uh, or Craven the Hunter's son has this magic like teleporting power. I don't know if it's a it, it's a device of some sort. It's not magic. Yeah. But Punisher like starts fighting him, and when he teleports once, they teleport together real quickly. Mm-hmm. And they, I guess they teleport through um, the Savage Land, and then and then back into um, into the onto this boat where they're fighting. Mm-hmm. And so Punisher now knows that he's in the Savage Land, and so he just like gets in his fucking van with his his buddy. His tech buddy, and he's like, "We got to go to the Savage Land." And the guy's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, Frank. We'll do. We'll get on it first thing in the morning." And you're just like, "You're just gonna go to the Savage Land in Antarctica, dude?" Like, yeah. How do you just like truck you still over have to a the mach- Land? You still have a machete wound to deal with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so single-minded, though. And he lets he lets uh he's about to cap uh. Rhino, but he lets him live, and Rhino starts. Rhino sends, uh, sends like in the first issue, Rhino kill accidentally kills a security guard, and he starts sending um, his wife money, I guess. Wow. Um, and says he's a, he writes in this broken, he, dear Miss Ma- Macklemore, and dear is with two e's. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear for the loss of your husband. I was a cop. What he worked with, he was a good friend. <laughs> Enclosed is some monies. I will send more later. In some ladders, take take car of you more. <laughs> Your husband would want it like that. Your friend Ryan O. Smith. <laughs> Ryan O. Smith. <laughs> Ryan O. Smith. Oh, such a clever, so, such a clever alias. Well done, Ryan. O. And Vulture, Vulture's like watching him while he does this. So. <laughs> Clearly, Vulture's helping him get it that good. So, he speaks English it's, good. Uh, it's pretty classic. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't say enough good things about this comic. It's just, it's funny and clever and everything you want out of a Punisher comic. It doesn't take itself too seriously, and at the same time has some pretty like brutal beat towns and murders. <laughs> excellent. I mean, it is. It's excellent. There's no other word for it. <sighs> Well, uh, we're going to move on to a book that we both picked up this week. Hulk number one. Just Hulk, though. Not the Hulk. Not the Incredible Hulk. Hulk. No. Just Hulk. Who who actually isn't in this comic. Yeah. Except in flashback form. And in footprint form. Um, Well, I I, I think I'm going to start with the, uh, the letdown in this book. Yeah. This, this was, this was no good. Sorry, folks. Um, this was stupid. First of all, uh, at, I, this is a more of a personal beef. Apparently, like they, they they think that psychologist is a catch-all title for anything that has to do with psychology, <laughs> uh, because he like or science. You know? Yeah, like, this guy is just like he's a track. I mean, Doc Samson can literally do anything because he's a psychologist. Uh, yeah, it's absurd. It was just like he's he's given a play by play. Apparently, they assume that like he's a forensic psychologist as well because he watched lots of CSI or something. I don't know. But like as as far as I know, considering I uh, studied psychology, you actually don't oh. know everything just you because you're called a psychologist. Of a fight, you mean? Yeah, no, no, actually Maybe not at all. At all. There was no Maybe class at Berkeley about that. Gone to that class more. 
But yeah, that's that. That was just like a personal little gripe. Other than the fact, also he he apparently cut off his hair. There's no point in calling him Samson when his hair is cut off. Yeah, is isn't his power related to that? Like, I don't know, but it would make sense. You take a name like Samson, but then again, you take a name like Samson, you're just a moron, anyways, because then everybody just tries to cut <laughs> off your hair. But anyways. Maybe it's a juke maneuver. Everyone's just like, gotta get his hair off, you stupid. <laughs> stupid Not hair. But um, I guess before we get on to the larger or to to the larger problems with this, another tiny little problem with it, um, but still kind of annoying, is if you go to the to the end when uh, Samson and uh, General Ross are driving up to the the base. Uh-huh. You'll notice that uh, in on the very bottom page of that, the, or on the very bottom of that page, there they've got a picture of the back of the security guard. Yes, and he's got gears hanging out of his back, and it's so fucking no because it's like so. You, apparently, you have like all this crazy like technology, gamma craziness, and shit like that, and you got like fucking Mr. Fantastic running around, and yet your androids still have big old goofy gears, like, hanging out of their backs. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? This it's, isn't Toy Story. It's, it's so no one has sex with them on accident. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was a problem. General Ross <laughs> drove up all those problem. other times, where he just kept hitting on them repeatedly. Everyone was like, yeah. Everyone's like, wow, you're really good looking and totally agreeable. Yeah. He's like, it's true, I am. <laughs> So they had to add the gears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's just annoying. Anyways. I don't know. The whole issue is ridiculous, first of all, because I don't I don't even know where to start. It's just... <laughs> well, there's a second uh, Hulk, first of all. <laughs> apparently. There's a, a second Hulk, and he's red, and he's Rick Jones. I'm Rick Jones. Who died in uh, the end of World War Hulk, but apparently not. No, he didn't die. You're wrong. <laughs> Apparently I am, because there he is. I just, I had so many problems with this issue. Like, I don't know why the Red Guard, or the Winter Guard, rather, just shows up in the middle of it. Like, they're, they're, they're okay, they're doing their investigation. Apparently this Hulk fought in Russia with the Abomination and killed the Abomination. With a gun. With a gun. We'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah, okay. But, um... So the Winter Guard shows up, which is Russia, like one of Russia's superhero teams, which is a pretty half-ass superhero team, I'm gonna say, right? Now. <laughs> yeah. Because you got this, you got <laughs> fucking Red Guardian knock off Captain America. Okay, fine. Um, you got Crimson Dynamo, like a, a third-rate Iron Man. Okay, fine. You got this yeah. weird Dark Star chick who I still don't know what she does. And you got Ursa Major, a raving (laughs) fucking, just a huge fucking bear. Like, it's not even a superhero. He's just a big fucking bear. He has no power. I mean, if if not for his word bubble on that first page that he appears, I would hope that he was just a a trained circus bear. That's what what their team had to do, was they had to just go to the circus. Like, do you have any uh, bears? (laughs) Like, scary ones. Really it's scary a one. Big bear that can talk. It's like ridiculous. one that can scare the whole. So it's a pretty lame team, and of course they get trashed without any without provocation art. at all. By no, the way, no. Samson just flies off the handle, punches <laughs> like Captain America, 
ripoff in the face. Just punches him in the face for no good reason. <laughs> yeah. Cat, they're just like talking, and yeah, they're a little up in each other's grill. But then all of a sudden, he's just like, "I said, bag off," and clocks him, just full on sucker punches him. <laughs> and then they all start throwing down. Like this is a fucking. I don't know. The, you, you would think that like international diplomats would be along with these teams and everything, but instead they're just like, "No." I would hate to be in like a superhero universe because that's how they greet each other. They just run up and fucking punch each other in the face. It makes and there's them- not even a fight. Like I mean, the only fight that seems to be occurring is Doc Samson and uh, the Red Guardian. Mm-hmm. The other like Crimson Dynamo just gets laid the fuck out by Iron Man, <laughs> and She Hulk just beats the shit out of the bear, like which is really just expected. Yeah. And uh, Crim and the and the fucking Dark Star chick just chills. <laughs> All she does is translate what some little kid is saying. Like she doesn't even fight; she just stands there. That's what she does. She has super translation powers. Maybe she's just reasonable. All these other people are <laughs> super reasonable. Know. Super common sense power. I'm not going to fucking person. just fight somebody. Like, whoa, whoa. Dial it back a notch here, guys. I don't know. So it's just absurd. There's like, they need to like crank it up a few notches. So they're just like, he's so crazy. He steps and then he makes glass. It's, it's lame. Yeah. I, I, I'm really tempted to drop it. Out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not picking up anymore. That was a stupid. All right. Um, so I picked up issue number 10 of Nova this week as well. Uh, what this is, is it's a, a one-shot issue where uh, Nova and Gamora, the most dangerous woman in the universe, uh, who's also <laughs> been taken over by the Phalanx, they're stuck together on this planet. They don't know where the hell they are. So they have to sort of band together, even though they're mortal enemies now. And uh, it was it was a pretty interesting little issue where it got a lot of in between the characters, a lot of rainbow-colored creatures flying at them, and uh, a lot of uh, very sexual. It, what happens is they uh, they find out that they were stuck inside this extra-dimensional creature that like nabbed them while they were trying to teleport. Okay, and so they have to exit it through its birthing canal, and so there's. There's this whole thing at the very end where they're like trying to to get out. Nova is trying to fight off the the techno virus or whatever at the same time, and so he's trying not to exert himself. And so he finally just grabs Gamora and like goes shooting out. Like we need to get through the birthing canal, and so it's got him like running through. And... I'm gonna say that right now, sir. This sounds gross. Yeah, exactly. It, it was just super, super sexual, and uh. And then she's like screaming at him, and she's like going Richard, and he's going ah. <laughs> and then there's this full page spread of the two of them, but they're just with their mouths like hanging open as they're like getting shot out of this birth canal. It's it was it was like borderline disturbing actually, but it sounds horrible. <laughs> I just found it really amusing that somehow they were able to get that like public passes. It was <laughs> so blatant in every way. It's ridiculous. But I mean, it's still a really good issue. And now, and now what's going on is um, apparently Nova only has like two more hours before this techno-organic virus completely takes over. He needs to go to whatever the the home world of the, the Phalanx is uh-huh. and uh, try to... Because apparently the, the Phalanx are just like these bastard children of some like, highly advanced uh, 
techno organic being. So he's gonna go try to talk to them and figure out like how he can cure himself. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's still. I mean, it's it was still a really interesting issue besides all the uh, the dirty dirtiness. <laughs> um, it, there were some good character moments between Gamora and and Novo. It was it it was very good. I mean, it, again, it, this is one of those books that's really versed. He had a horror story before, and this one was a bit of a romance with a twist in it. And so, it's it's interesting to see what sorts of stuff. Is. All right. Well, um, our next issue is the Mighty Avengers uh, Seven. More of the infiltration, secret invasion. This is one you you managed to drop. Oh yes, I'm very proud of it. After bitching about it so much for the last one, I was like, there is absolutely no good reason why I should be buying this book. I hated that. Book. Yeah, yeah, you should you should be proud. <laughs> Unfortunately, the fucking voice inner voice monologue shit is still going on and still in that same real. Real just kind of weird, annoying style where it kind of—I it, mean—it'll say stuff. They'll say stuff in their head and then say it again out loud, and you're just kind of like, "What? Why are you doing that? <laughs> what was the point? Like, why not just say it?" And I mean, it's Bendis and Bagley, so I mean, it—it it actually tends to look a little bit like um, Ultimate Spider-Man, almost like even the way the frames are laid out, mm-hmm. which is a little weird. I don't know. This issue is ridiculous, and uh, I don't know. It's behind again. It's still like in this issue at the very end, the symbiotes land. Really? Which you've already seen. Yeah. Oh man. But I assume it's going to be like a weekly book now with Bagley drawing it. Yeah, I don't know. They got to catch the fuck up. But there were a couple parts I like. I enjoyed. They they had Wonder Man pick out a new costume because. They and they started ragging on his whole leisure suit, like <laughs> look, awesome. which is really just which when you do consider it, it looks ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and there were a couple funny parts with uh, uh, voiceover, like inner monologues of uh, of Aries. I mean, it it was okay. Uh, I I don't know why I keep getting it, but I will. I I will continue to keep getting it. It's just. It's a, such a staple, I feel, and I know it's going to have some stuff in it soon. Um, hopefully, it'll catch up to New Avengers, and uh, it'll have more stuff about the Secret Invasion sort of thing. So, and I'm interested in that. So, I think I got, I'm kind of stuck on this on this bus for as long as it's going to ride. So, there, so, were there any big Secret Invasion reveals in this one? No, it was just it kind of it showed Spider Woman coming back and her and Iron Man talking, and Iron Man puts her on the team in order to try to flush out the spy, the like see if there's a spy on the team and force them to make a move. Wait, why? So, why would putting her? On- I don't know. I think it would it would let them know that he knows. You know. Yeah. Because the obviously the scrolls know that. The new Avengers know because they killed Elektra. Yeah. And so then they obviously know, okay, well, those guys know that there's a scroll. And so the very fact that that um, that uh, Spider-Woman is now on the team of, the, of Avengers would let them know, oh, shit. Um, they're on to us. They're like... Probably, Tony probably knows now 
because she's on the team and she probably told them. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's the reasoning as much as I can figure it out. Uh, a lot of times in comics, you will occasionally get those things where they're like, this will flush them out. And you're just like, okay, well, I don't see why. <laughs> yeah. If I was in their and, position, I'd probably just continue doing what I was doing. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, don't, I have no idea. I mean, you've seen all the inner monologue of everyone on the team, so I don't think anyone could reasonably be a scrawl. Yeah. They might do something insane. I don't know. Turn, make Turns out centuries of skull or some crazy nonsense. We'll see. I, I'm going to keep reading it just for, I don't know. I don't even know why, but I will. Yeah. Fair enough. So keep me updated. I, I will, will continue now. <laughs> All right, I think that does it. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into our other segments for the show. Our final segments. The final. Segments. Um, first up is random pick. Uh, this time I actually didn't pick up a random independent book. I picked up a random Marvel comics publication, and Ooh. that is the twelve which is issue number one of 12. It's uh, billed as a thrilling novel of Mark, and it's by uh, Straczynski and uh, Chris Weston. So what this story is about is uh, it follows these 12 superheroes on the day that Hitler was going to be captured and they committed suicide. And um, Mm -hmm. so what they were doing is they were storming Berlin and these these 12 characters in particular, they, they weren't a team or anything. They just kind of ended up being together at, at the specific time. They go into the uh, the SS headquarters and end up inadvertently being captured by the Nazis uh, who planned on studying them and, and using them. Way to go, superheroes. Yeah. Uh, and so they're all gassed and they're put into these little stasis chambers so that the Nazis can dissect them and really become a super race. Uh, and so they all get zapped, put in, and of course the Nazis lose, and so that means that this old, these, all these superheroes are left in the, their chambers and they aren't discovered until, uh, right. where the U.S. government takes them back and revives them because they say, like, we need real superheroes. And, uh. Old timers. Yeah, and, and so the, the whole point of this, I guess, is that it's, it's a team of Captain Americans. Like, a team of people right. that are displaced in time. And from what I get of it is it's it's going to be a lot about, just like what the cover says, uh, a thrilling novel of tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a lot about people that are from a different time. Like It's sort of a outsider's perspective of what our world is like today. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, if that's... Sounds like it's it's your cup of tea, because it seems to be uh, a little sociological that sort of aspect. Um, but I don't know. It's and then the the twelve characters are of course pretty ridiculous in their own <laughs> sorts of ways. Like the the one that really stands out is uh this guy called the Blue Blade, and he's and, and they admit that like half the team is, they're they're called tourists. What that means is they're just regular people who don't have any superpowers, but they, you know, pick up a gun or a sword and figure, oh, what the hell, I'm going to fight. And so this Blue Blade okay. guy is a tourist. 
and uh, he runs around the most ridiculous outfit. Like he's got a hat on and like this little like collar along with a cape and like gloves and like this goofy, like poofy sort of skirt looking thing. And then that's it. He's just bare chested. Right on. There are all sorts of different people. But, uh, and then the, the narrator of this is uh, this guy, the, the Phantom Reporter. What's really cool about it is it, it kind of does a, a Jeff Johns moment uh, at the very end where you turn the page and it just says, like, later, much, much later. And it's got a picture of uh, the Phantom Reporter standing over the Blue Blade with a gun. And then Blue Blade's apparently just on the ground. Ah. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I wonder how they get to that. It's, it sounds like a fun book. Uh, the art style's uh, a little shadowy, sketchy sort of look to it, uh, while still having a bit of an old-fashioned feel. Right on. Uh, I'm, I'll probably Sounds... stick with it for the 12 issue. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually thinking about going to grab it, because it did look interesting, and uh, it sounds like a cool premise, and I don't know. It, it doesn't yeah, surprise yeah. me somehow, so. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Bullshit moment of the week um, is going to come from Hulk, issue number one. Um, Hulk uses a gun. I mean, uh, it's it's just bullshit on so many levels. Like, one, okay, he's the Hulk, so his punch is gonna be like strong enough to tear, you know, a fucking <laughs> Mack truck in half. So, I mean, I don't understand. And and second of all, like, where does he keep it? And and it looks ridiculous. Like when you see the gun, it's like this little gold stubby six shooter, <laughs> and you're like, you would think that the that the Hulk some... would have because obviously it's manufactured for him specifically. So you'd think he'd have like a cool futuristic looking. It doesn't make any sense, and it's stupid, and I don't know why he wouldn't just punch him in the face again and kill him. Yeah, you would he think gets... he would just be able to punch through his fucking face. Like, what does that gun know. have that he doesn't? Where does he get the rounds for it? Like, <laughs> you can't... I don't know. It's just bullshit. It's just stupid. And it's the main reason I'm not going to be picking up this book again. You know, as, as many mistakes as I feel it made, um, it's just... it's I, The gun thing is so stupid. And it's from it's from a writer I usually like, so... I don't know. I'm do. beginning to question whether I really like him or not. Like he, he's done some good stuff, but he just yeah. doesn't seem to be doing it right now. Like Ultimate yeah. Three isn't quite catching me either. I don't know. I'm still holding out hope for that one. So yeah, I mean, I'll grab the second issue, but I'm not gra- I'm not grabbing the second issue. Of this and this issue just fell apart in my hands. On top of it, did yours really? Oh, mine did too. I was just flipping through the pages right now, and the like fucking flat back half of it just fell off the staple. So <laughs> yeah, mine was falling apart from the middle too. Well, fuck that. Anyway, bullshit. Gun Hulk. No, it's because you're so angrily turning. I don't understand what is so hard about the Hulk that 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 it always goes off the rails. <laughs> it seems if you're not, I mean, it seems so easy um, to to fuck up somehow, and so hard to get right. <laughs> But it's but, uh, it, it, the concept so basic. Yeah, I know. Everyone should just go read Return of the Monster uh, instead. The first fucking one I had that was great. Yeah. So, 
Everybody you want a Hulk. I I would think that this would be something from like the fucking eighties or something, but everybody's getting a gun right. Captain America's got a gun <laughs> now. The Hulk does. Like, is that how you make a character more badass? It's like we gotta crank it up enough. Let's give him a gun. I mean, but it's like this, anybody but can have a thing fucking... is like they're not gonna use it, like, especially not the Captain America one, is is they're not gonna shoot anyone. He'll have it, and he'll probably shoot shit out of people's hands and stuff. And you're just going to be like, oh, good lord. I don't know. Bucky might... Bucky might just shoot people in the face. Just to watch like him die. If, uh, if, like, if Captain America dies and then the new Captain America shows up, that's going to be iffy to begin with. When the new Captain America is a murderer, <laughs> I think people are going to kind of go against that pretty quickly. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I think that's going to do, uh, do it for us this week. Right now on irresponsiblypowerless.blogspot.com, you can check out um, Eric put up a real big post, just kind of a year in review sort of post that uh, that's really interesting. I haven't even gotten a chance to read that yet, so I'm actually going to go do that right now. So check that out, and that's the place to go. You, you know, post comments on those on those bigger things. I know Eric puts a lot of work into it. I'm sure. <laughs> so so um, so feel free to comment. Um, nice things would be great. Um, also, you can email us direct irresponsiblepowerless at gmail.com. Or you can check out our MySpace page. Search irresponsiblepowerless on there. We're up there, mm-hmm. hanging out, doing our thing. So, until next week, I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And then together, we're irresponsibly powerless. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. This is be my expression of how much I liked everything. Like, how, how did, how did, what did you think? Like, cock? <laughs> yeah. Right. That was so cock. Like, do you have any uh, bears? Like, scary ones. Really scary ones. Like, one that can scare the whole.